You're listening to Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. On this episode, I'm going to talk to Matthew E. White and Lonnie Holly, uh, two musicians and artists who have put together a really great new record. One of my favorite records uh, so far this year. It's called Broken Mirror, a selfie reflection. It is uh, kind of a jazz fusion record with vocal kind of calls back to uh you know a lot of electric miles stuff from the early 70s uh they specifically were thinking about uh the record on the corner but i think also if you ever heard like live evil or big fun or get up with it you know it's it's that type of uh jazz fusion psychedelic rock funk it's kind of an interesting stew that is uh, I think pretty specific, pretty specific vibe that they were going for. Um, so in this conversation, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. You know, uh, Lonnie Holly is a very interesting guy. He's a visual artist as well. Uh, he didn't start releasing music until his early 60s. So uh, we're going to get into how that came to be and all of his inspirations and what uh, he was what was on his mind going into this uh, writing the lyrics uh, which are all improvised but you know very thoughtful stuff that's kind of a meditation on technology and how people live with it today I think specifically like social media and cameras and uh, Matthew E. White we're going to talk a lot about uh, his process and putting this record together uh, his background in jazz his background is a singer-songwriter, the differences between those two musics, and, you know, also just a lot about Space Bomb and, you know, creating this community in uh, Richmond, Virginia, you know, to put together like a in-house band, a studio, uh, label management, this, you know, we're going to get into a bit about uh, Matthew just kind of being a, a creative leader and uh, what drives him to be the guy who gets things going. So yeah, uh, gonna. So I think what we're gonna do, we're gonna, I'm gonna play a song from the record first. Uh, that song's gonna be called "This Here Jungle of Modernness," composition 14. And I think it's kind of important for you to just get a sense of uh, what this music is before we start talking about it. Because I think hearing the music will uh, probably put you in mind of the questions that I have for them about it. But uh, before we do that, I just want to remind you that this is a free episode of the show. The episodes that come out on Saturday are for Patreon subscribers only. If you want to subscribe, uh, you hit up Patreon slash Fluxblog. $5 a month gets you four or five extra episodes per month, kind of depending how long the month is. Uh, yeah, and if you like the show, if you like this particular episode, you know, tell people about it. This kind of goes by word of mouth. So, you know, there's there's no big money behind this. There's no corporation. There's no special placement on Apple or Stitcher or whatever. So, yeah, here we go. This is this. Uh, the, I should say that the record Broken Mirror, A Selfie Reflection is out on April 9th. You can pre-order it now from uh, Bandcamp and Space Bomb's website. Again, this song is called This Here Jungle of Modernness, Composition 14. Record's called Broken Mirror, A Selfie Reflection.
big, 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 big city all around me. Humans moving everywhere to the floor. Brains matter to the glow. In the age of technology, yeah, yeah. all around. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. Human thoughts up and down. Calculating my emotion. Human thoughts all around. Let it move 
Let them wear it Let them share The waves of thought Blow from humans' mind Whoa, 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 To a master degree Think it, think it, think it, think it, think it Think it, think it, think it, think it Hey, uh, uh, Matthew and Lonnie, can you uh, tell the audience who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Matthew E. White, and I am an, a recording artist and producer. My name is Lonnie Bradley Hollis Sr., and I am an artist. Uh, I do a few things in the area of music, art, directing, hopefully in educating. All right. And how did you both meet each other? How did, how, how did your uh, creative collaboration begin? Uh, I met Lonnie backstage uh, at a London show um, a few years ago, but um, after that, I, he we kind of hung out a lot of times as he was sort of venturing up and back 95, and he would kind of stop through Richmond, and we would get coffee and stuff like that. So, um, Quite a few times. I, I really enjoyed uh, Matthew's company because he were – the type of artist that what he was doing piqued my interest because of I saw his connection to humanity and how what he was doing was an intentional uh, output to help the whole of humanity instead of just uh, partially making music to entertain a certain group of humanity. Uh, Matthew, can you explain uh, Space Bomb? Because uh, I think that's pretty crucial to what Lonnie's saying, just kind of uh, creating something that's very community-based, something that's bigger than just uh, writing songs. Yeah, Space Bomb is a, uh, I guess at this point, it's a, it's a music company that has a few facets of the industry going on within it, but it um, music and art company based in Richmond, Virginia, that uh, we make records and facilitate records and um, help manage artists and, and just generally partner with people in in, uh, in this business to try to get what they're doing out to the world and, and to, to help them in different ways. Um, and just generally with the with the idea that, that a lot of times you can make something better together than on your own and it's centered here in Richmond because Richmond has a, a very powerful and um, I think important music community and that, that, that helps us, that helps us help other people really. Um, so yeah, that's, it started in two thousand, almost 10 years ago. Exactly. Actually. And uh, so, so you have a studio and an in-house band, it's a label, there's uh, management, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Studio management, publishing, label production services what was the uh, origin point for that like what did you intend for it to be so all-encompassing at first yeah i mean the 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 true origin point was just the house band was that and and really broader than that was just the me experiencing the um really uh powerful nature of the community here and, and how how good people are um and I just sort of, in my mind, I don't know, I kind of connected the dots. It felt like if we could codify that and organize that a little bit, that we could be uh, sort of like the Wrecking Crew in L.A., be something that could help people in a lot of different ways. And, and from the beginning, it was it was designed to be multifaceted, to kind of hedge bets in, in what is a pretty dynamic industry. So, um, and, and just to be able to connect with artists in a lot of ways. I mean, not everybody 
wants to sign a, a record contract and not, not everybody needs that. Or, you know, some people don't even need the band. They, they just need the other minds that are in the room that, for how, how do we navigate this industry? And, and so I just kind of wanted to be a place where we could partner with people and, in a bunch of different ways and, and that we could be pretty flexible in terms of how we were, you know, what, what kind of genres we were partnering with or, or what kind of artists we were partnering with or, or the different needs that, that artists have and, and what's a really fast changing and dynamic industry, just have a way to, to, to create art with people, which is, you know, a really important part of, of living. And I, I think, and so, you know, all kind of wrapped up in that. For me, that, for me, uh, for me, that art were are spacey in a sense because we are headed that way. We are and have been pretty well all of my life, being a part of our space journey and uh, looking forward to go to other planets and establish our living orders there are uh, also I, I was thinking while doing that piece of music uh, how much we need to be focused as a people no matter if we're one or billions of humans we need to be focused on the care for our situation, no matter if it's for our mothership or other ships, because we have to make sure that we get there. I'm not saying that everybody have the same qualities as for educational levels, but we do need to at least think about what this thing is made of. What are we, and just in case, this person is not in, can I fill in for that person? Can I say something to matter? And I think all of us on earth, this is the reason why we are born. We might have not been born to all be in the choir together because we wasn't that earthly yet. But I think we've even gained that already because a lot of times music brings you to that point of where we can sing together, where we can think about issues together, and we can partake in those things. So, so that was my part of of just as soon as Matthew and and the band thought playing that, I, I said, okay, let me go with this because hopefully it can help everybody. Uh, so let's talk a bit about the record that you, you're putting out soon. Uh, I think it's really an extraordinary record. Uh, it's called uh, Broken Mirror, A Selfie Reflection. And uh, I, I think I sort of understand how it came together, but uh, I think part of the reason you're here is to kind of explain it because it's, it's, it's an unusual record in the way it was put together. It's also uh, unusual in the sense that you don't really actually hear that much music that sounds quite like this. It sounds a lot like uh, a lot of early 70s fusion, like Miles Davis and things like that. Uh, maybe a, a bit of weather report, something like that. Uh, so I'm curious, like, what was the starting point for this? I, I understand that, Matthew, uh, you composed this with the house band. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was making another record um, that has yet to be released. And I wanted to do sort of a weekend of recording of instrumental music of mine. Um, uh, it was kind of loose, loosely directed improvisations with, with some touchstones that, you know, I would give people to improvise around. Anyway, we did, we did a weekend of recording and, and more or less I edited that together and was excited about this instrumental music and didn't really have a place for it. And then uh, Lonnie called me up and asked for us to back him up at a show in Richmond and we did that and it became immediately clear that it would be really exciting I thought to have Lonnie sing over this instrumental music because Lonnie just has uh, an, abil an ability and also a desire to exist in sort of organized chaos, for lack of a better word. I mean, he's very, very comfortable in wild musical surroundings and 
and not that many people are. And he's also just a world-class improviser um, along with these other guys. And so we did a session where he sang, um, you know, he kind of listened to some of the music and picked out the stuff that he liked and sang over it. And uh, without getting into too many of the nitty gritty production details, that, that that's pretty much the long and short of it. Lonnie, when you first heard the recordings uh, from Matthew and the band, like what was your initial uh, response? I hardly ever get excited about what I'm about to do, but it was just something in there that brought it up to date and beyond. Because today's world, we are looking a little bit beyond the broken mirror. We're not using the mirrors hardly anymore. We're using our digital monitors. Most of the young ladies are, it's a lot of young men. They get up and they prep themselves for the day by looking into their monitors now. They put their makeup on. They do a lot of cosmetic ordering for what is going to fit their personalities. So my thing were, I thought about uh, how it were back in the day, because I'm always going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Sometime I'll be back, and then I'll pick up a lot of information in order to get forward. Uh, so, And I also wanted to kind of break the habit of being superstitious about the mirror being broken. Instead, let's share the mirror like we did. My mother had 27 of us out of her 32 pregnancies. So that means we got pieces of the mirror, and we was very, very happy with it. And when Matthew and I got to thinking about what the title should be, uh, then uh, I put that together along with reflections. What do we see beyond ourselves? Do we ever see the background or the foreground or a distance in the ground as we look at the mirror? So it was so much there that played a part of how I had grew. And a lot of time, how we are driving and looking in the mirror. And, and looking in the mirror, sometimes something can be so close up on us, now they have another little smaller mirror that gives you a bigger portion of what you're trying to see. So this is what Matthew and the band allowed me to do with them, is to give uh, the world a hint of broadening our sights to the big picture. We have a huge, big universal picture to look at. But if we're looking at it too small and only looking at our selfies, self, 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 this and self, that, and so how will we ever get to the points of sharing our universe together? Was there something about the music that you heard in the music that inspired this train of thought? Each, each song, each song, if you have listened to them, each song has its own building. Uh, it has its foundation. It has the total building that I'm trying to build. And uh, with the band, I'm listening to each of their instruments. Not only am I singing along, but a lot of these pieces, I have never had heard them before. I just jumped right on them, as Matthew say. Lonnie heard it. Lonnie wanted to do it. Lonnie did it, and it was done. So the, the whole thing about my brain and and the activity output, it, I, I still think of myself as being uh, self-amazed. I'm amazed with my own personalities that I put with this music. It was surprising to learn that you weren't actually in the room with them because it sounded so uh, fluid and natural, like you were like responding to something happening right in front of you. Again, I'm I'm the type of artist that is used to looking at the players play. 
I like to see their fingers move on the instruments or whatever they have. I like to see the pattern of their feet uh, if they're singing along with me. Every now and then I like to turn my head and see that they're singing. And then that way what I'm hearing, when I when I say hearing, it, it's a concept of hearing. But hearing even have a depth of going into the brain. And that's the reason I call it hearing. Not only hearing with feelings and emotions, there's a lot that be put together with what goes on of what goes into your brain, through your sight and through your ears. There is, it is, goes through this weaveness of emotions. It moves this and it moves that in order to get down deep into your brain. So this is what I'm, and, and again, uh, what time and what and how these instruments was being played, not saying so much about our early 70s and 80s, maybe 60s, that some of the music sound like it came out of. Or, uh, but you got to remember, I was born in the 50s. So hearing sounds that coming all the way up through the 50s uh, and even going back through the 40s and the 30s and the 20s, uh, I heard some of the earlier sounds. So now I'm getting a chance to recall or recollect from those sounds and say, wow, this makes me feel good. This used to rock me to sleep. Or this used to keep me uh, alert and, and woke. So this is how it worked. Just, you know, being the type of musician that I am. So in the previous records that you've made, like what was the more usual process of writing for you? The, the type of collaborations has always been uh, one of my special traits of of listening to the musicians that is collaborating with me also thinking on subjects that really really have to matter one way or the other i'm not trying to say that i'm a prophet i i did a song saying i i ain't i'm not a saint i'm not sitting up there singing about being sanctified, I am singing about being humanized, being a human on a planet. And I know that this planet is our home. I know that this planet supplies all our needs right now. And I know that the most special needs are the air and the water and the sunlight. So those are the thing that sparks my uh, intentions to try to better uh, climate change, it matters. Ozone layer, it matters. Uh, water polluted, water, it matters. Particles in our air, they matters. So when I got with Matthew and I was able to bring that and any other artist that I'm singing with. I'm trying to bring a little bit of clarity of back, 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 even back in the day when there was not so much being used. And that's going back through the biblical pages. I call it on the timeline. But thought smithing on the timeline will take us backwards and forward. And that's what I, 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 do pretty well in all of my music is I be thought smithing and trying to make sure that I'm I'm saying something. I, I don't I don't know really how people appreciate my music or will my music be looked at as a biblical prophecy or or an artist that is trying to tell us something about the planet that we're living on or how we should hurry up. Not 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 ass around. I'm a grown man. We don't need to ass around with the planet any longer before we say we need to fix it. We need to fix it, fix it in a hurry if we are financially able to do so. Not just, even though we're getting all of this different type of money, let's teach our people how not to waste, not be wasteful. You're getting a bunch of money, don't throw your trash. Don't just discard your uh, excess material. 
And let's find a way of saying, okay, somebody else on the planet can use this, can use that, or we can build industries to work through this and work through that. That's what the music is about. And I thank Matthew White for allowing me to have this opportunity to do this. We was in Arkansas, and we was in the museum there. And I think I did the same amount of output in those five songs at the museum there uh, that I did with Matthew White. I sung about, but I was a little bit more emotional there because of my ancestors, the creek that's in my blood, and how the black creeks had to be moved just as well as the red creeks of the Native Americans had to be moved. And the trail of, trail of tears. So me being on that trail, uh, at the end of the trail for a lot of humans, at, at the end of that trail, stepping around, we actually stepped around in what I call crystal tears, where the tears had failed and crystallized by now, had, had drained into the stone by now, into the foundation by now. So I, I couldn't help but to just sing my emotions, and that's what I do most of the time anyway. And I thank both of you all for taking the time to hear what I'm having to say. a bit more about the process of guiding the band to make this music like i'm not sure if i i totally understand like how you went about doing that and like what you were telling the musicians to do sure um just to jump back about lonnie's process a little bit i think i think it's important to know that lonnie's improvising when he's singing and it's sometimes with recorded music it's very hard to appreciate and to understand or even to know when somebody's improvising. Um, and especially when we're talking about a lyricist, because that's almost an incomprehensible concept for most people because it's so rare, but Lonnie doesn't have words in front of him ever. He is improvising on a theme and he has a theme that he goes in and no, it's like a sentence or a few words, a phrase and the whole, songs improvised lyrically and melodically on that theme and he hasn't heard the music before um so that's just important for people that like the record or to understand the record and to understand <clears throat> really what Lonnie is bringing to the process it's 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 really really incredible improvisational skills and you would never really know that or even ex- suspect that i think because it's it's on such a high level um unless it's pretty directly pointed out um so were, were there other versions of the tracks where that was it all one takes oh no no it's one take it's one lonnie does one take and then he does another take because he likes to set up call and response sections for himself um which is just something he's you know he seems to do pretty naturally so um he just does two takes and, and it's, I, I edited it a little bit to, to, to just to clean it up. But basically it's, it's two takes and there's nothing more than two takes. That's it. Well, so yeah. So, so all this, like, you know, if you kind of condense the time that it took to record and write the stuff, it's all a pretty short timeline, even if it's split between two different sessions. Yeah. The, yeah, it's, well, yeah. I mean, we recorded Lonnie's vocals in four hours and we recorded um, the band takes. There's a bunch more of these kind of compositions. So there's probably like 20 of them, and there's only whatever there are, five or something on the record. So it took 
more time obviously to record all those but but yeah i mean for the so 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 to get back to that question that you originally asked um a lot of times i mean there were two uh there were two ways i was coming at these compositions um one was uh sort of directed imp- improvisations based on what i call distilled claves which is just taking a like an african clave and taking out a bunch of the the rhythms except for a couple and that would give sort of a simple not really simple but very distilled repetitive rhythm that i would that most often went to cameron the bass player and it was i would so i would give a a bpm and the silk clave and a key center and then i would tell people like basically basic activities so like i i didn't want soloing sort of in a traditional sense and i didn't want certain kind of harmonies to come out i wanted it to be all basically atonal or sort of shifting to like open chords or to to minor harmonies so just made sure that was there and then for certain activities it was like i want this keyboard to play in this kind of way and i want this keyboard to play in this kind of way i want the percussion to play in this kind of way i want the drums to play in this kind of way and then uh and then also one of the important parts to me was um basically programming everyone's like especially with the keys and the guitar like i would sort of set up everybody's sound so i would get different sound designs that i thought would work well together and and kind of you know just build a a a sonic world that that would be exciting to live in and and then at that point it's basically improvisation and we did a couple different we would just do like one or two takes and i would maybe give some feedback oh and i also gave everybody their entrances so it was like bass centers first then then drums, then keys, then whatever percussion. And, but that was really open. You just had to enter after the person that entered before. So on the, the title track, actually, that's a good example of the, the drums were, uh, instructed to enter last and Pinson chose to enter like six minutes into the song. And, you know, so last could be anywhere from, a minute into the song, you know, cause everyone was in at that point or two minutes, whatever, but Pinson chose to extend his entrance by a lot. So just, there, just some gestural things and, and some key center things and some rhythmic activity, the small rhythmic pieces that I would give people. Um, and then, it, and then they were improvising just around those kind of pillars. Um, and then I added kind of like all of this was really based on off on the corner the miles record on the corner and the band is based off those sessions. And, and, um, and my role was really based off of Tio Macero's role in those sessions. So I, I, once I got the finished tracks, I edited, edited them pretty, pretty extensively. I, I wanted it to feel like a complete recording, but there are loops in there that, that are probably like pretty undetectable. Cause they're not like one bar loops. They'll be like 30 second loops. And, and just taking out some parts that were kind of muddling things up. So there's some pretty broad scale editing, but, but not with the purpose of it feeling like a loop tape or beat tape or kind of anything in, in the sort of modern hip hop kind of style of production, but more in, uh, like sixties tape collage style of, of, of editing. And, uh, that, you know that kind of gets us to the to the to the end of the instrumental process, and then the other way. Sorry to be long winded about this, but the other way that I came at these things is I wanted to, like I said earlier, I was recording these for a record that has yet to be released, and I wanted to have instrumental, like mirror compositions of the more traditional songs that I had done. So I had recorded a record that was and have recorded it that was traditional by the standards of this record and and i wanted to have sort of themes whether it was like chord progressions or rhythmic themes or little riffs or things that had art were already existing in that record i wanted to kind of have an instrumental version that was at the same bpm so that i could then use that material to kind of cut around and sample in the first record that i was making so some of the songs are 
these kind of very, uh, very distilled, like almost kaleidoscopic, like, like odd versions of other songs that I'd recorded in a much more traditional way. So there, there, there are chord progressions and other more traditional sort of musical totems that are, that are stuck in there that are kind of remnants of more traditional songs. So wait, how does the, the, the record that you haven't released yet, how does it relate to the previous records you've made under your own name? Oh, oh! You mean how does it sound in, com- in comparison to those? Right. I mean, is, I mean, if I'm understanding you, it, it is probably in some ways closer to where you are with this record with Monty, at least in terms of this the this, the sort of sounds that would be on Maybe, it. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it, it's songs with verses and choruses, and they're three and a half or four minutes long. And I think the the son the sort of sound design is similar in a way, but it, it's significantly more uh, traditional, for lack of a better word, but. But it's, it is a lot. I mean, there are parts that were the whole, there are parts that were kind of cut in from, from these sessions. And it is definitely, there are brother, sister records in, in my mind, but, but the Lonnie record came is a, you know, it's a, it's a distinct beast unto itself. It's not, it's not particularly close to, to the, to the other one at all. Do you see, like, uh, as you move along, because uh, these are two very different modes of working as a musician, where you're directing musicians, where you're kind of composing uh, after the it, during the fact, but also after the fact, and also the way you write as a more uh, very structured uh, singer songwriter. Do you see like these things kind of merging more as you get as you move along, like the the kind of methods kind of being kind of Push yeah, back and forth. yeah, maybe. Right. I mean, definitely, that was sort of the that was sort of the idea. That's the whole reason why I wanted to do this recording session in the first place was to kind of get back to what I really consider my, you know, the the beginning of any kind of career that I had is kind of more in the avant garde jazz realm, and and I'm pretty com- I'm pretty comfortable in in those waters and, and really enjoy creating in that pretty open and in way and I, I don't know i mean there, i yeah i mean to answer your question simply yeah is i i hope there's as i grow i'm able to kind of like connect those a little bit more but but all, tradition is also important you know and and the songwriting and tr- tradition is important and and i and, and is is useful and helpful and so i think sometimes it's exciting to to sort of break boundaries and and kind of get a sort of fusion thing going on. And, and sometimes that doesn't, that doesn't work. It, it doesn't work just because it's interesting. You know, it, it actually has to work musically. Um, it can't just be an idea. So th- was this the first time you had done this sort of directing or I, I think saying that you have the, this background, maybe not. No, no, definitely not. There's a, there's a band called fight the big bull that existed before Matthew E. White existed that released some records on a free jazz label out of, Portugal called Clean Feed. There's a couple records out there on Spotify that you can listen to that are kind of like this a little bit, but more acoustic. So it's like a more like a smaller big band situation. It's more more arranged than this. And then I did. Um, there's a was a concert called Sounds of the South that was with um, Fight the Big Bull and, and a band called Megaphone and Justin Vernon at Duke. And we actually we did it at the Sydney Opera House. Um, that was takes on this box set called sounds of the south uh that i was help was a part was uh sort of composed some stuff that was like taking some of that material some of that um field recordings and taking some of the themes in there and kind of writing it for a larger more experimental ensemble that included all those guys so that was and that was like graph scores and uh you know, kind of, kind of your like standard fare, like late sixties avant classical kind of composition. Um, you know, a little like on the nose, but but I think I think there's some really effective things that you can get out of uh, just using other ways to communicate with musicians. You know, the nice thing about graph scores or like text scores or things like that 
that are different from written notation is, is like, you know, I can put that in front of anyone. And um, as long as, you know, they can sort of be part of a, of a loosely organized thing where they can sort of give themselves in a, in a soulful improvisatory sense, but also follow a couple guidelines. And, and, and I think you can organize things really in a really cool way that way as a producer and as an arranger, you know, and we're actually, you know, obviously where those sort of boundaries mix, but yeah, that, that, that world's really not new for me and um, really exciting. Um, even on my, in, on my first record, like the end of hot toddies actually has some weird kind of cued graph score notation kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of been tucked in there, but definitely when space bomb came out and I released my first record and it was sort of sing, singer songwriter vibe that that's kind of the world I've been living for, for some practical reasons. Um, and, and just cause that's been its own journey, you know, to so try to, to, to explore that tradition. So, so between a lot of the projects that you're describing and everything with space bomb, it seems like you're really drawn to these sort of creative leadership roles. And I'm curious, like, was that always something that was conscious? Like, did you just kind of, what about your personality does this kind of come from? <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that, uh, that's for someone else to answer, I think. Um, but yeah, I would I would say that I'm I'm drawn to creative leadership roles. I think that's correct. And that's been the case one way or the other for a while now. Um, and uh, as, as far as the personality question, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Do you feel like you're kind of an extroverted person? Uh, hard to tell. Well, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, probably if, if we really got down to it. Yeah. But not, not super traditionally. Lonnie, how do you see this? Uh, I see actually getting together and having someone that knows how to coach others or guide others with the with the kind of concept that they, 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 they everybody think about something. Hopefully, uh, we think about something. So to help somebody else feel what we're thinking about, I think Matthew is a great person to introduce persons such as myself uh, because of Matt Arnett. I think you heard Matt when we first began. You haven't said very much uh, here. But with Matthew and Matt conversating, it takes other people to conversate in order to create uh, a type of a, a, a foundation. I would say a foundation for anything to occur. And Matthew... I have a great uh, capability of that. And for me to feel that, that it's okay, this is okay, this is this is where this needs to go. This is You can put this in this person's brain and it's going to turn out all right. That's the way I feel about it, uh, that I, I could put my feelings, my emotions, my musical output into the pot, which I call everything mostly a gumbo, is going to turn out all right. And we made a very good gumbo, as you probably could listen. And I think it's a future uh, kind of situated. It's not just for a few months or a few years. I think uh, some years from now, uh, or thousands of years from now, they're going to say, well, this piece of music seemed like it was made to reflect on our continuation. And that's what he brought to the table for me, and I love it. Lonnie, so your your music career, your recorded career starts relatively late. I think you were in your early 60s when your first album uh, came out. But how how far back does your work with music go? I I, I would say starting, everybody got to see me going into a studio late. They can't see me as a as a singer, as a person that is organizing thought for music, because 
I probably started doing that at the age of one and a half when I started going around with the uh, state fair and hearing all the different types of music, uh, not only the midway music, but also uh, being uh, with a burlette dancer and having to hear all the sounds that these women was dancing to. Uh, and then from that, at four years old, uh, being introduced to drive-in music. And so my life and music, uh, it was pretty well all the way through my growth because you got to remember mama uh, and daddy. Daddy was in World War II. I'm sure daddy and mama relationship of going out and having a party at some some different places. A lot of people don't uh, throw in their DNA and they don't put all of all of themselves in the table uh, at the. I don't want to call it a gambling table, but life is a gamble because we don't live on this earth uh, for nothing, and we throw ourselves in on the table. And when I put all of my cards down and I put my whole self down and you asked me what have I heard to be who I am and all these other things, I think it's, you have to start when I start hearing. And I just, you know, I, I have to throw all of that in to say this is a mixture of my life experiences and this is what when I thought playing with Matthew and hearing the band's music, I just brought that to the table. And I'm, I'm always wondering, and, and I'm leaving it up to them to say, well, Lonnie, you just fucked up, man. You just did some bad shit. I mean, totally, it was not good at all. But then, again, Lonnie, you did some bad stuff, and it was good as hell. So <laughs> it's almost like... When we say bad, it represents good and all of these other kinds of things is how you say what you're going to say about me in the end. What you're going to say about me in the end. Matthew, what was your first exposure to Lonnie's music? Uh, our records came out, Beginner and his first record came out almost at the exact same time. So um, that was, uh, it's hard to uh, communicate how out of the sort of standard indie rock universe I was before beginner came out. So I don't really know. I don't know anything about anything from anything in the traditional music industry until that record came out. So when that record came out, I started to sort of be in touch with things just because I kind of had to be and, uh, was, you know, just be on tour and, and see people's names on posters and all that kind of stuff. But, but very quickly, um, after that record came out, I was, my manager was like, Oh, you should, you should check out this guy, Lonnie. I think you'd like him. And, um, but so that first record was, was that. And then just keeping in touch over the years. And that, that first record was called just before music. Yep. Lonnie, what was the process of, of getting that record together and having this album come out, uh, I guess like relatively deep into your life, like uh, starting on a recording career. Just Before Music is about just before music. What did we have as instruments? How did we play? How did we come together? How did uh, uh, someone in the deep jungles of Africa just having to hear maybe a coconut hitting the ground or maybe something hard hitting a hollow log or hearing something and then th- mm. It triggers a way to be the person that actually starts to be. And also, there were uh, times when I thought about the instruments can be broken, but we as the people, go ahead, Matt, say what you got to say. Bring it on. Come on. No, no, no. Come on. Lonnie's talking to me. I didn't have anything to say. I'm just, I came closer to listen and sorry, didn't mean to, I mean, he, he's asking you how the record came about. The record came about because of Matt Arnett. I mean, oh. 
Yes, it did. Uh, this was my first time playing in this place where we are now. We, my first time even getting in front of humans and singing. Uh, it were here at the grocery, and Matt uh, invited some people over, and Dust the Digital, what they managing? Lance and April, Matt. Yeah, that was the record label. Matt invited them over, and they heard me, and therefore, they wanted to take me to the studio where I can do more. And therefore, the music came from there. I think that's what Matt meant for me to do. So do you two have plans to do more records together? No plans. But that doesn't mean that that couldn't happen, just... No plans. Do you think you might play some of these live at some point together? I hope so. What, what I would have to say, I would have to say, I can't repeat myself. So uh, I think to do anything live together, we would be doing something live together. Oh yeah, that that is true. You know, you know what I'm saying. I, we would have to be bringing them something fresh and live together. And that would show what we can do futuristically on down the timeline. Because I I, I have a tendency of not being <laughs> one to try even, and I don't call it forcing myself to redo it, but just to say we've done that and be happy with it, uh, that's my kind of policy. So, uh, as we're kind of in this, uh, still in this kind of nebulous zone of being in the middle of a pandemic, I'm curious what you've, both of you have been up to through the past year and what you're looking forward to doing in the near future. Um, I have been, I had a child, so that, that, thank you. That took up a lot of the pandemic. Um, and then other than that, just working on, I don't know, not some production work, some instrumental work of my own, practicing a lot of piano, um, built out kind of a, a sort of a home studio situation for myself, but um, working on finishing up that other record that I mentioned and, you know, a lot of just dealing with the baby though. So it sounds like it's actually been kind of beneficial to you to have like things slow down a bit to accommodate this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's been a unique experience and not all bad on the professional and personal front. Um, in some ways, it's been, it's been helpful. Lonnie, how has this been for you? I would have to say I never were. Uh, the social distance was always a part of my uh, living habit. Uh, how and what else I achieved doing so were always part of what I did each and every second that I got a chance to do, and that was to make art. My art and my music, I've always said, is like Siamese twin, and they feed on each other. So with this period of the virus, I had an opportunity to check out the humanity of our planet and how we reacted to that and how are some of us that didn't have any instructions on how to live through such events that have and will continue to occur, how we should take those times to even do more to keep ourselves comfortable with living. Because at the times when we figure that we're about to be scared, why not think of something that's going to make us joyful or move us out of that type of fearful uh, landscape and and take advantage of the time. Really, it was 
important to for me to do art that helped the people to see that you could take advantage of that same time and you can get so much more done just appreciating each second of your life. And that's all I, I, I did. I was showing that we have these seconds. Why not let's take advantage of them and appreciate them and move forward? Because just like any other storm that comes into our lives, hurricane, tornadoes, sometimes earthquakes come to our lives and tear up everything that we have. But we as humanity, uh, we have a tendency to rebuild. We're like the ants or bees or whatever else. We, we just refurbish and rebuild. And that's the way we should think. And as we go on into the future, we got to, we got to really, really adopt that type of emotional thrust. Let, let's thrust our emotions. Let's just okay. Let's let do this to make each other feel well. I'm not trying to get beyond religious or uh, aspect of it, but my grandmother and my mother told me, uh, taught me, don't be stupid. And I, I analyzed stupid. I analyzed it. And that means we can get down so low into a pit and we could be stooping down each time to try to jump up out of there and catch a hold to freeing ourselves out of that pit. So stew pit, to me, uh, it has its own source and way. But we be trying to get out of a situation. And that's what we all be trying to do. But I suggest humans, please take the time to look at how much more time you have to finish the projects that you started and you put to the side on the back burner. Well, thank you. That's very beautiful. Um, right. So I, I think we're kind of coming up on time here, but uh, is there anything? Uh, so this record's going to be out in stores. It's going to be out in April in a few weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you'd like people to check out? Uh, the plug. Oh, God. I don't know. You go, Lonnie. Um, Matthew, I, I can only say check out everything I've done in order to know what it is that I'm doing. And I think the same thing go for Matthew. I think for us to, as humans, to know where these guys was coming from, even with the band, for us to check out what they have done together, but look back on what has been done together. Again, I try not to put everything in the biblical content, but it's a will you be willing to give all you have and come and go with me? Who is you and who is willing and who want to learn more about what we need to do to make things better? Again, it comes to broken mirror and self-reflection. What can we do with ourselves beyond just uh, being into that current of stupidity where we're saying, oh, I'm a, just because I broke this mirror, I got seven years of bad luck. I'm waiting on seven years, seven whole years. So I'm stuck into this emotional feeling. I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of everybody that comes my way. I've hindered myself from accomplishing anything. Let's not get there. Look at our title. Look and try to get an understanding of too many selfish, unnecessary. Look at us loading up the iCloud with unnecessary. uh, uh, It's unnecessariness. So the whole thing is I appreciate you, Matthew. And I'm looking forward to hearing, because I don't know what people are going to think about it. And Matthew don't know what people are going to think about our our works. Uh, And again, I'm not out there to get no kind of awards, but I did what I I did my best as a human from the time I was born to the time I am now. A lot of time, what I sung about is dealing with the time period that I've been on the timeline. So 
thank you guys for having me on your show in, in a digital. We don't even see each other, but we know that we're talking nothing but the truth for the sake of the truth. And thumbs up from Mother Universe, y'all. Thank y'all. Well, thank you both for so much for your time. It was really great to talk to you and uh, learn more about uh, this record and all the things you've been doing. Yeah, thank you. Sounded like it.